everybody, this is Andrina. And this is Joel. And welcome back to the I Died the Day I Loved You podcast. The last episode you heard was Joel's Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. So, as promised, now we're going to talk about me meeting Joel's family as opposed to last episode where we talked about Joel meeting my family. So, yeah, I believe, I, yeah, I definitely met your dad at the aquarium. You were still with Tiara. It was Jazz Journeys. He worked there. You're like, yeah, my dad works here. I was like, all right, cool. Um, he did a lot of dad jokes, like, and not even good ones. Like That was, if that was a personality trait, that was his personality, I think. Yeah. That does explain him very well. Um, when my dad was funny when I was a kid, it was, it was very, very funny, but he was just constantly doing dad jokes and he would come up with them. Like he created them in his head hours and hours before and we're just dying to tell everyone another thing i say about my dad over here is that um he worked in maintenance and and that kind of thing for many 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 years and getting the job at the aquarium was like a total dream job of his he was actually watching the uh the various news sources that he could glean about its being built like the second he found out it existed he was like paying really really close attention and he got hired on like seconds or days before they open Mm -hmm. officially and what i think is wild and we kind of mentioned this briefly on previous episode was how often how many times our lives cross paths growing up and our dad i don't think we mentioned this on blog but people who know us know this our dads both worked at lockheed now lockheed martin uh, when we were growing up, worked there at the same time. Uh, I think worked in the same department, probably the same shift. And so they both worked there. They both worked uh, at the same battery company. I went to high school with your cousin. She was a year ahead of me. Um, so we've had all these like moments where our lives have been Venn diagrams, but like it took all, it took, let's see. 23 years before we met each other from when I, you know, I was born to when we met at the aquarium. So it was crazy that our dads worked at the same time, same place, same shift, same area of Lockheed. Now Lockheed is like a city. It's got thousands of people. I mean, the parking lot is the size of some subdivisions. It is ginormous, but still like when I told my dad, I was like, yeah, Steven worked with rivets. He was like, then I should have seen him daily. I don't, well, I know why your dad never talked to my dad. We'll get into that a little deeper later, but it's just crazy how we could have met back in 1984 and how you, I mean, we may have seen each other at an air show. They had employee only air shows. We may have seen each other. Who knows? But yeah, I definitely remember those air shows. Yeah, it was cool seeing all the planes and everything. And, like, your dad worked at Lockheed. Your granddad worked at Lockheed. So it was, like, a legacy thing. It was my... That was my dad's dream job. Your dad's dream job was the aquarium. My dad's dream job was Lockheed. He loved that job. He loves planes. All that stuff. So, you know, Air Force, like I said. So he loved that. But, uh, yeah, when I met your dad, you know, he had a lot of dad jokes. Um... It was, I remember it was Jazz Journeys and I, you know, worked the galleries and I think I drove to work that night because I had to work till 10 because I think Jazz Journeys went till 10 
And so I was either probably working Georgia Explorer or Coldwater Quest and you swung by and, you're, and you were with Tiara and you were like, hey, my dad's gonna, because I don't think Tiara had been behind the scenes, but you had because you and your family went all the time. I mean, at that point for two years, y'all had been going there. And so I was like, hey, my dad's going to take us on a tour behind the scenes. Do you want to go? I was like, yeah, sure. I've never seen it, you know. And so after I clocked out, he showed us the sand filters and the commissary where the food was prepared for the animals and, you know, like the, the just the back hallways. I After, you know, years later, once I started doing tours, yeah, all that was second nature because we took, you know, the regular public back there, the paying public. But at that moment, they, I don't even know if tours were being considered. And I was like, oh, wow, this is so cool. And, you know, it, he was, you know, knowledgeable about stuff. He's like, this is where they feed the whale sharks from. And they put those boats out in the water. And, you know, I he was telling me stuff from a maintenance point of view. So even though it wasn't in the script later on when they started doing tours, I would say some of that stuff on the tours and tell people, you know, like, oh, this gallery takes this amount of time to filter out, you know, all the impurities from the water and everything. But it was very much a, you know, it wasn't earth shattering or anything, but it was like, oh, okay, that's Joel's dad. I think I can see the resemblance, you know. Oh, he does a lot of, a lot of jokes. Okay, maybe too many. And then, like, I went and home. so I have a sense of humor. Ah, yes, I can tell by the deadpan cadence of your voice. But, yeah, it was... It was it's uh, amazing. But I remember <laughs> they called your, your dad, uh, what, like, light bulb Charlie? Because it's like, oh, if a light bulb goes out, call light bulb Charlie. Because he was always changing light bulbs around the building. But, uh... And that was probably his main job. Yeah. But, uh... Unless there was some weird thing you needed to build. Yeah. Yeah, he built where he built something. I remember we had to use. It was something for the whale theater or something. The one that I can remember that I was proud of, he he built like this back behind the scenes area for penguins. Mm. He built all these plastic tables from scratch. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of the plastic something or other. But yeah, he worked on the other side of the building. So from I remember what I remember, your dad worked like until like two in the morning so i would really only see him during jazz journeys he never worked the day shift when we were there he would be actually we would be leaving and he would be coming in like i remember seeing a couple times like y'all going in opposite direction but we never worked at the same time he never worked the like nine to five shift when the public was there um but yeah so your dad meeting him you know it was at work we all worked together but separate you were outside he was in the back i was yeah, with the guest totally different three totally different jobs totally different job descriptions and then except for being able to lift 50 pounds right and then you know i hung out at your house you know after work sometimes so that's how i met your mom and your sister because you you know we both still live with our parents um yeah your sister seemed very juvenile i mean we we call her we we were gonna start a production company. I mean, she was in middle school, right? I mean, it was uh, either two thousand seven. She. It was either eighth grade or halfway through ninth grade. So yeah. fifteen. She was in high school. She was fifth. She turned fifteen that year, so she was fourteen when I met her. So she was in high school. Seven and two is five. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause she her birthday's in December. I don't do math. Her birthday's in December, right? 
She was born in 92. And that was 07. I met her when she was 14, about to turn 15. Yeah. At 14. Yeah, that's well, high school. Regardless, it was either 8th grade or 9th grade. Or 9th grade. grade, yeah. I, I want to say she was already at Parkview. I really can't remember. Because if she was turning 15, because you typically... I know that when we started dating or around that time frame, I very much remember her being in 9th grade. And in plays and stuff. Because yeah. she... You typically turn 16 in 10th grade, and you turn 15 in 9th grade. And she turned but 15... But she was in December. But she turned 15 in December. So she would have probably been a freshman. She was either 8th grade or... Right. But regardless, she acted like an 8-year-old. Yeah. She was acting like a 2nd grader. She's very... Huggy. I'm not a very physical person. I don't like being touched. I don't like being hugged. I don't like people being in my personal area, which this pandemic is perfect for me because it's like, yay, you get to stay away. I'll hang out with you, but please don't touch me. I don't know where your hands have been. But uh, she likes to hug people, which freaked me, my mom and my dad out. Uh, Very excitable, very high pitched. So I always felt like I kind of had to almost match her like yay oh gosh it's very tiring um so yeah she was very juvenile and the entire time i've known her with the exception of like twice she's always been juvenile and those two times were when uh we went to go see oh gosh what was the movie wanted we went to go see this movie called wanted uh had angelina jolie and Samuel Jackson, I think. It's the one that where they... That must have been 2008. We, it was the one where they curved the bullets. I'll look it up. Yeah, yeah. wanted. Yeah. I, while you talk, I'm going to look it up. Hold on. I'm going to... So... Hold on. It, it came out... Yeah, 2008. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, James McAvoy and, and Angelina Jolie. It's the one, if you saw, it's the one where they curved the bullets. Or bullets, if you shoot... I don't know. And there was like a loom of destiny. I don't know. It's a whole thing. Anyway, we went to go see that movie. So when we went to go see that, she's what, 16? And her friend, we were, so I guess it was December. Yeah, it was around Christmas time. And we were, it was me, you. I must have mentioned that she was innocent or something. Yeah, because it was me, you, your mom, your sister, and your sister's friend. And we were talking about how innocent and impressionable Jessica is. And Jessica's friend was like, she hasn't been innocent for six months or something like that. No, she said since December. So since whatever, December, yeah. whatever month it came out. Yeah. She hasn't been innocent. So she since hasn't December. been innocent since she turned. And they 16. wouldn't tell me what that meant. And we we're like, what does that mean? And they wouldn't tell us. And that and sounds then, horrifying in the most weird way. And all I remember is she was dating that guy. Was it Chris? That was many years later. Well, she was dating some guy who lived in Loganville. No, that was years later. Well, she was dating some guy, and I know she was like, I hang out with him till like one in the morning. I'm like, why are you 16? Hang out with a guy till one in the morning. She would be like, hee hee, hee hee, nothing. No, I think she was no. like 18 or 19. No, she was 16, because I remember I put two and two together. I was like, oh, she's doing something with somebody at one o'clock in the morning. And nothing good happens after one o'clock in the morning when you're out. Yeah, I don't think that she. I mean, it's, it's kind of a moot point. And then there was the other friend. And we were talking about how we were calling Jessica young and juvenile. 
And she's like, no, I'm not. I've got these. And she, like, opened her shirt and, like, showed her boobs. But, well, she had on, like, a bra. And I was just like, what is happening? It was very, it's I don't a very know. immature reaction. It was. But she was trying to show that she's a woman. She, she grew up and had things that were larger. <laughs> it's funny because when your cousin Heidi came up from Florida. So, Joel has his cousin Heidi. She's uh, married to his cousin John. So, Heidi's his cousin-in-law. And she comes up to Georgia every year for Dragon Con. And we picked her up from the hotel she was staying at. And we were, you know, catching up on her body. She's like, is Jessica still young and impressionable? <laughs> like, that was... If your dad's personality was dad jokes, Jessica was young and impressionable. As a part of her natural personality. Yeah, like, that was... It's like, you. I know nothing else about you except that you love purple. And you're a perpetual eight-year-old. And probably boy crazy. Because she always... Okay. Joel and Jessica always had a significant Joel I don't care what he says he'll be like oh no I've only had like three girlfriends no if you ask Joel's best friend Z Joel has had countless girlfriends Jessica I've never known her to not have a boyfriend or a guy who was interested in her I don't know she pulls them somehow and so yeah I was hanging out at your house I met Jessica and she was always like just around but you you said she looked up to you she she was like your shadow right tell, tell us a little bit more about that uh when i was really young jessica took after me and she just like looked up to me and in a ways it's like how can i mimic this person more and more and more and um for quite a lot of our friendship and our, our us growing up, it was we were really, really tight in that way, because mm-hmm. I was her, you know, protector. Yeah, and it's funny because y'all are eight years apart. Yeah, nine years apart. Nine. I'm eighty three. She's ninety two. So whatever the math is on that. Yeah. One. So why why do you think she was closer with you than Michael? Because Michael's the middle child. I think Michael sat on her. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about family. Let's talk about that. Tell them about... Okay. Well, we'll get... You know what? Pause. We'll get to him in a second. So... Because we're gonna... We gotta tell you a little bit of backstory about... So, I'm an only child. So, I don't have these stories. It's just me and my parents growing up. I grew up an only child. Your siblings Par- were your parents. My my parents were your my siblings. friends were your parents, really. Because yeah. Because so many people were so I mean, terrible. my mom is the type to dress up. She was the type to dress up uh, when I was a kid. As a fam- as a vampire, when we went to Six Flags for Fright Fest, my dad, <laughs> my dad silly stringed the monsters in a haunted house once. Like, my parents are giant kids, so they love dirty jokes. They'll go into Spencer's gifts before I will. They love South Park and SpongeBob, so they they were the siblings and the parents. Um, but we'll we'll get to your your sibling dynamic in a second. Uh, when I met your mom. It was the same. It had to be the same day I met your sister. Um, I don't really remember. I remember she sat in her. Recliner. I literally don't remember you meeting my mom. She was sitting in the recliner in the living room. Don't even remember that. And like we got to the house. I can believe that it had to have happened because if I went to my house and brought all y'all there, it was a very very high percent chance mom was there. She was sitting there in the recliner watching something. We waved and we all went upstairs to your room. Probably burn notice. Sure. 
Your dad's always or watching USA. Your dad was always watching like USA or the History Channel. Cuz I remember he was like, "You need to watch this John Adams thing with Oh gosh, what's the well, guy? I do remember that. Yeah, it was like this John Adams mini series. And it was good, but I I wouldn't sit there and watch the whole thing. But um Yeah, that actor is so cool. Oh um, gosh, what's his name? Ah, uh, they made fun of him on community. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. So I met your mom. She was sitting in the recliner and just kind of waved. And that was the end of that. I, all I know about her, all I you know, could see from around the house is that she uh, liked Thomas Kincaid. And sitting in her chair. And that she was a teacher. Like, I didn't really... Like I said, it wasn't anything noticeable about her because she kind of kept to herself. I did notice when I did come to your house the first time. Because uh, when you go, like, Joel's parents house the the stairs kind of curve and they have family photos going all the way up and you and your brother look exactly like your dad like in pictures in pictures it growing up was like a time war. it was if joel wore glasses you would not be able to tell 1980 steven from 2020 joel at all um it y'all and i think your brother looks more like him but you hardly got any of your mother's genes, like, at all. But I have the Gerard eyes. Yeah. I have these have really the squinty, squinty eyes. eyes. Light really bothers me. Yeah, you... I don't know if you're... I haven't seen your brother with the with the Gerard eyes. He has Gerard eyes, but they're not That's as prominent. squinty. Yeah. But, yeah, you and your brother look so much like your dad. Like, I don't have a picture of... of of their wedding, but if you guys could see Stephen and Janet's wedding photo, wow. It, it, it might as well just be me in glasses. It might as well just be you in giant glasses. Yeah, it was it was amazing. I, that blew me yeah, away. My dad's astigmatism is pretty messed up, so and he's then, got these giant, giant glasses. And then the other thing I noticed from the pictures was when Joel and when, well, when Joel and his brother were born, Joel and Michael both had blonde hair blue eyes and then what does it say that you said you wanted to do yeah i, I didn't want to be aryan anymore so, so i Joel, changed to brown hair and green eyes. greenish hazel eyes and michael's still blonde hair blue eyes but uh he's got no. a very very dirty blonde though still that blonde is. it's definitely blonde and his eyes stayed yeah, blue, very blue blue yeah but yeah so I, not nothing your sister was very excitable your mom would just kind of sat there your dad was dad jokes. And then Michael, I don't even remember why we went over to that house. Um, he lived off of the byway, which is kind of near Emory. And they called the little place where he was staying the greenhouse. Yeah, and it had like a tarp. I don't know if the owner was growing weed. I don't know. But there was like a tarp there on the There was only rooms in there. Okay. There's nothing in the greenhouse. I never went. I, nope, too shady for Just me. rooms. But I think there you was had a to... kitchen and three bedrooms. I think that was sure. It. I'll take your word for it. But we we had the. I don't even know why you drove over there. But um, you, I guess you dropped something off because we were on our way. I guess to go CTR because it was only me and yeah, you in the I car. Yeah, I had to see Michael to drop something off. Yeah. And so he ran outside. It was raining. I remember that because that's how I remember the tarp. I was like, gosh, that whatever's under there is getting soaked. I remember you went inside, and he ran out. And he's like, oh, hey, I'm Michael, Joel's brother. And I'm like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. 
And he basically just looks like a taller version of Joel with blonde hair, blue eyes, and glasses. You know, but y'all... He's also built a little differently. Yeah, he's... He's he's got more of a barrel chest. He was the fat kid. Comparatively. Let's be honest. Michael was the fat kid growing up. Joel made fun of him because of it. Michael waddled. Still probably does. He, He... And that was always like a point of, you know, sensitivity for Michael, but... He, so he, he he had worked really hard that summer on basically chopping wood, literally. Yeah. And so he had more of a sort of lumberjack, lumberjack build. build to him at the time. Yeah. But Like Paul Bunyan or something. What got me is when Michael's friends met you at one of Michael's parties. This is a few years later. But when Michael's friends met you, they didn't know that he had a brother. It's like... Wait, Meeks, you have a brother? Yeah, it's my older brother, Joel. He's your older brother? Like, nobody, like, why did he not tell his friends that he had a brother? Even, and y'all aren't that far apart. You guys are three years apart. Or two and a half years, at bet. Well, no, three. Three and a half years. So y'all three years apart. Also, at that time, we hung out a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, y'all weren't living together yet, but, oh, when the, the friends met? Yeah, y'all were living together, yeah. Yeah, we were living yeah, together, when the and friends, we hung out a lot. When the friends came over, Michael and Joel were living together, and they had never even... They, Michael's like, yeah, I have a brother. So these are guys that had known Michael through four years of college at Georgia Tech, gamed with him, went to church with him, and he never brought up that he had a brother. And they knew that he had a sister, because they said that... They were like, I only knew that you had a sister. So I wonder, why did he not tell his friends, his close confidants, and I have a brother? And I was the roommate. And you lived there. Like, who do you think? <laughs> oh, I just have this random guy who looks a lot like me who lives in the other room. Like, <coughs> oh, you okay? <coughs> you all right? Yep. All right. <laughs> it's just like, how? I don't know. That That was weird to me. But yeah, so when I met Michael, he came out, shook my hand, said, I'm Michael. I'm Joel's brother. I'm like, oh, okay. And that was the end of that. And I don't think I saw Michael again until June of the following year. June of 08. Right before he went off to Italy for the summer. I think he was doing like Italy with some friends. Was it, wait, was it Italy or was it Vietnam? I think it was Italy. I feel strongly that it was Italy. It was Italy. And I tried to meet y'all at the airport, but I couldn't find my way around Hartsville because I had never been. And so I didn't meet him to send him off. But, uh, yeah, that, that was the only time I had met Michael before then. Um, but growing up, you said... So tell... Like I said, I'm an only child, so I don't have any of these stories. You said that your sister looked up to you. You were her protector. But you also said Michael sat on her. Tell us a little bit more about that. And then also tell us about uh, the alphabet in the fireplace. So, I very strongly remember this. And I don't know where I was in the house, (laughs) why I wasn't really paying attention to my brother and sister in the way I probably should have. But I found my brother sitting on a laundry basket. And I said, hey, uh, where's Jessica? And he was like, I'm going to ship her to Abu Dhabi. He was watching and too much Garfield and Friends, and he, you know, with the normal. So, yeah, that's what he got that Underneath idea from. the basket was a box, 
and inside the box was a comforter, and inside the comforter was my sister. So he literally <laughs> had like trapped my sister in a blanket and a comforter or something like that inside a box, inside a laundry basket, and he was sitting on top of it. This was literally terrifying. I was like, no, you can't do that. You have to get her out of there. And so he did, but I, I remember it happening and I don't think I reacted to it dramatically. Like I didn't, at the time it didn't seem like the most urgent thing. Like you shouldn't do that. You can't do that. But it wasn't like, I'm sure anyone who has siblings has probably had an experience that feels weirdly similar to this, that there wasn't a dramatic sense of urgency there because it's just like, yeah, you're just going to sit on her again in a few How minutes. How old was she? I must have been 10 or 11. So Michael is three years younger and my sister is eight years younger. <laughs> so you She were... was like two or three. Yeah, she was two. And she remembers she this. She was eight. This is a memory she has. And she laughs through it. I'm like, but you could... She's like, she oh, remembers well, I couldn't it. breathe. I was like, so you couldn't breathe. You were suffocating. You were in a box on top of a laundry basket. She's like, yeah, my brother was playing with me. No, your brother was trying to murder me. But here's you. the thing, and, and, <laughs> and I became the protector, obviously, from my brother. My brother was a terror for a few years there. And I don't know what he was going through, but he was really depressed. <laughs> and he, would, he got very angry suddenly and just, like, lashed out. And I think that this is one of those moments where he was clearly lashing out and he just got mad at Jessica for existing, apparently. Yeah, you know, welcome to sibling rivalry for those who don't have siblings. Yeah, this is kind of normal. For your siblings to try to kill Comparatively. your Comparatively. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously murder didn't happen, so... Okay, he either wanted to murder know. her or ship her to a foreign country. There and I'm is, not talking um, Canada. There is definitely a sense that different siblings kind of handle it better than others. And some just sit on their siblings. So why do you think he did that? Did he not want a sister? I mean, they were so far apart. I have no idea. I didn't uh, I didn't pursue the question when I was uh, 11. Did you get in trouble? Mm. If I did, I don't remember it. I think we had a babysitter. Okay. I thought you were supposed to be watching them. I'm 11. I wasn't the babysitter. We had another babysitter. Well, I mean, it was the 90s, latchkey kids, you know. I didn't know. All right, so that was once Jessica was in the picture. Tell us about when it was just you and Michael and you were trying to learn how to I don't remember this, but my mom laughs through the whole thing. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not laughing because right. it's funny. I'm laughing because he's a terror and no one did anything about it. I got and attacked and you're... thrown into a fireplace. Yeah, so Joel said That's there... uh, more dramatic than it really was. But... Joel was watching Sesame Street. He doesn't want to tell it. I'll Mine and my own business. I'll tell the story. He's there watching I Sesame was. Street. There I was. Mine and my own business. No, he was watching Sesame Street. And it was an old school Sesame Street. And it's when Big Bird's singing the alphabet song. But it's not the A, B, C, D, E, F, G. He was doing one called... How was it? Abkadefka Jekyllmanakter Stewart says. Because Big Bird thought the entire alphabet was one word. So Joel's watching it sitting, you know, on the floor in front of, you know, at the feet of his mom. You had to be how old? Four? Five? Five. Around five? Five. And so he's sitting there watching it with his mom. And then apparently, from 
the way your mom told the story, out of nowhere, Michael, who was a large child and at two was the size Probably of a five-year-old, was the size of a five-year-old at that age, just comes booking it out of nowhere and shoves Joel into the fireplace. Thank God your head missed the brick and everything and you didn't get hurt. It was made out of these really funky looking stones. They were all randomized. Mm-hmm. I've seen those types. Yeah, when you see it, it's like so obvious. But it's like a concrete slab of just stones. And the stones have rough edges. And yeah, I'm surprised that we didn't get hurt more often on that fireplace. But um, yeah, apparently my brother uh, tackled me like he worked for the NFL. And uh, I met the fireplace. And head he on. just like. And then your mom laughed through, as opposed to Michael, don't throw your brother into the fireplace. She laughed about it. And then. It's par for the course. And then. Did Michael bite your foot? No, I don't remember that either. I think you I was. You were with a baby. Gigi. You were with your grandmother. And we'll talk about how I met Joel's grandparents on another episode because that's, that's a little bit different meetings, a little bit more in depth. That's where things really start to take a turn. But yeah, you said that Michael bit your foot. And, like, y'all got in a fight over who could sit in the front seat. Those are two separate events. Yeah. yeah. I do remember that one. I actually remember that one. I wanted, I called shotgun, and Michael called shotgun, and we were fighting and bickering over who gets to sit in the front. And my grandmother, bless her, got so mad at us that we went back inside (laughs) instead of going to eat. And they haven't eaten since. No, and then there was, um... Did you say Michael punched a hole in the wall? Yeah, so I was about, I want to say I was 14. Yeah, I had to be 14. And my brother was um, 11, 12. How old was he? 11? And we were arguing about something, and then we started wrestling. And the wrestling was mildly reasonable. But then he got mad, and when he lost his temper, it was pretty hardcore. So I ran, and I ran downstairs, and I ran back upstairs, and I locked myself in my parents' bedroom. And all I hear, I was standing about a foot and a half away from the door, and all I hear is like the entire house rocked, like an explosion. (laughs) And they didn't live in a trailer, so it's not an easy house to rock. (laughs) I opened up the door, and there's a hole in it. About the size of a cantaloupe. And he made this hole with a plastic laundry basket. What's up with your brother in laundry baskets? I don't know. <laughs> he shoves his sister in one, he throws one at a wall and makes a cantaloupe, a big cantaloupe sized hole. We moved that door from the house, from the top floor down to the basement door to be, you know, it still has a hole in it. It's just a basement door instead of a... Oh, is that the, the Cedarcrest house? Yeah, it was still there. Oh, wow. I did not know it was at that house. (laughs) Yeah, so when I opened the door, I was really, really shocked. And I think Michael was really about to start crying, too, because it was right on the edge. And he was really upset that he did it, but at the same token, like, he was so angry at everything around that time frame. You know what? So, he, <laughs> we know that Michael has rage issues, obviously from the stories that, you know, throwing, 
throwing the laundry basket, trying to suffocate slash ship off your sister, throwing you into the fireplace, etc., etc. Maybe, maybe that's why your parents try to leave him at the park. <laughs> so Joel's just looking at me and smirking and so. So when they were how old were y'all? I feel like a lot of these stories were just unrelated. Says you, everything is it does related. Does say me. It's the loom of destiny. How old were you when, oh, when that happened? I must have been nine. So you were nine. Michael's like maybe eight or nine. So Michael's like five or six, and you weren't even there. Joel was at something else, like Boy Scouts or something, and their parents, Steve and Janet, took Michael to the park. Now Jessica wasn't born yet. I don't think. She either wasn't born. If she was, she was a baby, and I really don't remember. Yeah. So, basically, Jessica either wasn't born, or, or your mom was, was like pregnant with her, or she was, old. yeah. And so, they go to the park while Joel's at his thing, and then, apparently, Joel's parents left Michael at the park, and I don't know how, if you go to a park with one child, how you can forget, how both of you can forget leaving the child. Like... Maybe you can forget a kid if you have, like, three, four kids with you. But if you're going to the park with one child, like, what else are you going to do at a park? You're going to go to the playground, you're going to walk around, maybe feed some ducks, and then get back in the... So, how... It, no. wasn't, it wasn't that kind of event, though. It was like a, a Lilburn Days or... It was like a like field a, day? A festival kind of thing going on. So there was a lot of people there, but it still but doesn't quite <laughs> doesn't explain, explain. <laughs> how you came with one child and you're like, that was a nice date day we had, dear. Yeah, it was. And then you drive a couple miles like, crap, we came with a kid, didn't we? <laughs> I feel like there's more to this story that I'm remembering, but yeah, you that's kind of what I remember. The way your mom told the story, it was we went to the park with Michael Steven and I forgot, and we had to drive back and get him, and he was sitting on the playset, about to cry, because we left him. I think he found another adult, and they were, like, <laughs> looking around for my parents. Oh, my gosh. In all honesty, with the exception of the fireplace story, that explains a lot about your brother. <laughs> it explains so much about him. Now, why he threw you into the fireplace, I don't know. That's probably just a sibling thing. Or a middle child thing. Well, he wasn't a middle child yet. That's probably just a sibling thing. But, yeah, that was, that might explain why he did what he did. <laughs> it's like, everything is revenge for Lil Burn Day. <laughs> like, I will get revenge for being left at the play structure. But, yeah. Say all that to say, meeting your family, uh, nothing was... Nothing really stood out with your parents and your siblings. Uh, as we'll talk about on a later episode, it stood out more with uh, your grandfather. Kind of with your grandmother. Um, but it's funny how it wasn't, um, it wasn't really uh, life-changing or life-sharing. Like, like there's some moments in life where it's like, oh, I'm going to remember this moment forever. And it wasn't that with any of them. But then... Fast forward a few years, it's like, oh my gosh, everything is a 180. You know, it's like non-eventful at the beginning, super eventful at the end, as opposed to super eventful at the beginning, nothing happens at the end. I mean, literally, 
my parents were like my best friends yeah. and my brother was like my best friend and my sister was like my best friend yeah and now nothing and now nothing it's amazing what a difference a few years and a little bit of melanin can make so i think that's a good stopping point for right now because I'm, I'm we're teasing too much and it's like okay if you're gonna say it just say it so we're not gonna say it we're gonna save it for another episode we're gonna wrap up this one uh but you are gonna want to stay tuned because now we're gonna start talking about how Joel and I went from friends to more than friends and we came up with a new name for our relationship which was exclusively non-exclusive yeah so we're gonna start talking about that in the next few episodes and uh things are gonna start getting interesting so until the next episode of the i died the day i love you podcast this is vandrina this is joel and we'll talk to you next time bye, bye.